This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're talking about encryption strategies with attorney Amy Leppard. Thanks so much for joining us today, Amy. Hi, Howard. Great to be with you today. For starters, why don't you tell us a little bit about your firm, where you're working, and uh, your role there? Well, I'm at Bradley A. Rent Bulk Cummings. We're a very large southeastern firm with a D.C. office, and I'm a partner in the Nashville office working significantly in the area of healthcare IT. Our firm has about 50 attorneys in the healthcare space and another 40 that do intellectual property. So we work a lot with healthcare providers on their technology solutions. So when should encryption be a standard for reasonable data management? What do you think? Well, you know, we have to go back from a legal point of view. We, our framework for this is to look at the security rule. And in 2003, when um, HHS came out with the security rule, they said back then that encryption was not mandatory. It wasn't a standard. What was a standard is that you had to look at your operations and determine whether or not encryption made sense. And um, the analysis that the government gave us to, to look through and analyze that and make that decision was a risk-benefit where covered entities should be looking at cost and risks and the criticality of the data. So in 2003, the encryption was certainly much more expensive than it is today, and probably the risk was less because we didn't have so many different portable uses, um, which seems to be a high-risk area. Uh, there's a lot more protected health information that is um, moving and being exchanged, so um, the risk has gone up, the cost has gone down, and then the criticality has um, become even more predominant as we look at it's now a regulatory issue. In 2003, we had no consequence in terms of a duty to report to the government or a duty to report to the patient any breaches of um, PHI that's not secured, and that's no longer true. So under HITECH, we've got a critical regulatory framework. We've got an industry where there's a lot more movement of data that's um protected or should be protected and, and certainly sensitive. So I think that the standard has evolved or the, the application of the standard is the same, but the result is that in 2012, I think people are coming to a different conclusion than they may have come in, in 2003. In light of all that, though, with so many major health information breaches involving the loss or theft of unencrypted devices or media, what's your theory on why the use of encryption isn't more universal yet? I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One is um, just ignorance. There are a number of entities still to this day in healthcare, um, even in the provider community, that just simply do not have the, you know, the organizational expertise to understand IT and IS issues. Or, or just not keeping up with of the technology related to security. That's certainly the case in some really small healthcare provider organizations. But with, even within the larger organizations, there is some 
concern about how how organizations are keeping up with all of the many IT projects that they're having to manage right now. There's, you know, a lot of moving parts with uh, EHR adoption is moving very rapidly. And so I think some organizations may be focusing on that and not so much on the, you know, technical infrastructure. And, and that could really be a detriment if they're moving forward on higher risk type activities without looking at the, the underlying fundamentals. And then, of course, you know, besides ignorance and bandwidth, I think, you know, just within an organization, sometimes they're, they're just not current on their risk assessment. So they're not current on where in their organization encryption would be a good solution. So they may have encryption, but they haven't rolled it out to all of the areas where the organization faces a risk that could be better managed. So what advice would you offer for ways to win the support of senior executives for a bigger investment in encryption to help prevent breaches? And how can organizations avoid overspending on encryption technology implementation? Senior executives are, are, are very busy people, and sometimes they do not have uh, the bandwidth to go through the detailed technical analysis surrounding uh, security risk assessment. You know, so you, you've got to think about, you know, what are the risks they're concerned about? And a lot of the risks that the um, C-suite are concerned about are a reputational type risk. So I would say, you know, start with that. Start with, hey, this is something we need to be doing to stay off the front page of the newspaper. This is the kind of thing that we can prevent a critical reputational harm to the organization and lead with that and then follow with some of the, you know, the other types of risk uh, that the organization faces to help get that, that support. As far as overspending, I think you've got to have a good uh, process there to identify your needs and your priorities to look at what parts of the organization have the biggest risk, where should the priorities be placed. And certainly, um, you know, we're seeing that that's oftentimes going to require a look at how and where data is stored, particularly on, on devices. So that's going to, you know, kind of getting that assessment of what's happening within the organization will certainly help focus the spend, whatever the amount is that the organization has. And then I think you have to establish solid IT contracting strategies, just like any other contract negotiation, to identify a suitable vendor, make sure their, you know, their key infrastructure is up to the NIST standards and um, the technology is consistent with the NIST standards, that they're providing the, you know, the good audit data. So what's your uh, insights on under what circumstances mobile devices and media should be encrypted? Well, again, I think it goes back to your risk assessment. The organizations are required under the um, HIPAA security rule to conduct that risk assessment and as part of that address what security safeguards are reasonable. So if there are areas that need urgent attention, 
because of the risk, um, I think that that's probably going to be any PHI that is stored on a device where you've got uh, mobile devices that actually store the data, then encryption is going to be a, a very important thing to look at because it's going to fall out on the, on the risk end of the spectrum. What's your advice on when to apply encryption to data in motion rather than data in storage, such as by using secure email or a virtual private network? Should that be um, part of the routine now? Well, I think so. If you're looking at using email to either communicate with patients or to communicate about patients, to the extent that the users of a particular application are transmitting data, exchanging data about patients, then there's no question you've got to look at how to apply encryption and whether secure email or a VPN is going to meet your need. But that's certainly going to be a high priority area where they're subject to such a high degree of risk. As more organizations adopt electronic health records in hopes of receiving financial incentives under the High Tech Act, could that be another catalyst for encryption, do you think? I do. I do. I know that to be true. The big thing that has come about by the meaningful use approach is that you know, they're beginning to certify the electronic health record technology and ensure that the uh, basic framework is there for the technology to have encryption as uh, part of the overall system uh, security and for particular um, applications. So that's good from the vendor perspective. From the provider perspective, the meaningful use rule requires the healthcare provider to actually go through and document their risk assessment and then update that and to identify where they have gaps, how they're going to uh, close those gaps and what are the assets that they're going to employ in order to manage security. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think many organizations are going to find once they go through an appropriate risk analysis that encryption is a good tool, a good solution for them. And although high-tech is not requiring encryption for everything that you do to qualify for meaningful use, certainly it's ensuring that the functionality is there and that you're looking at that risk. So I think that's a natural consequence of looking at that risk that organizations will decide that encryption is going to be one of the important areas on their work plan for the coming months and years. Finally, how should healthcare organizations work with their business associates to make sure they're appropriately applying encryption to help prevent breaches? There's a couple of things that healthcare organizations can do to work with their business associates. You know, a lot of times it depends on the level of sophistication that the business associate brings to the table. Um, some business associates are very, very sophisticated in this space and actually have much more uh, technology understanding than the healthcare organization. Um, at the other end of the spectrum, you have business associates that don't even realize yet that they're regulated by high tech and that they have breach notice obligations to their healthcare organization client in the event that they um, breach unsecured protected health information. So the first step is obviously, you know, to kind of ensure that with 
your business associates, you've identified who's who's ahead of the curve, who's behind the curve, and uh, to begin to manage that process, either you know, oftentimes through the business associate agreement or looking at um, how business associates are complying with their existing agreements and how those agreements need to be updated for the breach notice obligations under high tech. One thing I have found in really incentivizing business associates is to stop and both parties look at how they're using protected health information, um, how it's maintained, how it's shared, what is the minimum data set that can be used and build out from there. And if the business associate has really minimized the use of the data, sometimes that's what they're being employed to do is to, to manage the security of the data, that consistent with that, the parties are looking together and the covered entity is asking them to say, okay, tell me how you're managing that risk. Tell me what your plans are today and, you know, in the coming months and years to keep up with this, you know, evolving standard under high tech. Constantly, you know, if the bar gets raised, you know, look and see where your vendor is going. And and we've seen that process managed where the, the vendor has encryption, that they get a lot more leeway and a lot less micromanagement, so to speak, from the healthcare organization than um, they would otherwise get um, if they did not have uh, good encryption strategies consistent with the, um, you know, their role with the healthcare organization. Well, thanks very much. We've been talking today with Amy Leppard, partner at the law firm Bradley Arendt Bolt Cummings. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by healthcareinfosecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.healthcareinfosecurity.com.